Pirate. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Kane. Co- <laughs> I'll edit that out. Take two. Hi, take two. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Kane cast. I'm here with Rich Palladino, legendary New England wrestling ring announcer. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Good. It's great to be talking to someone with a better voice than mine. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a relief. Uh, it's about the only better thing I got than most people, I guess. Where in the world are you tonight? I am home in my, uh, my wrestling shrine, my basement which uh, serves as my office every day from eight to five. Um, Cause Lord knows an independent ring announcer cannot uh, make a living as an independent wrestling ring announcer. So that's where I am home. Beautiful. Sounds good. Let me know a little bit about how you got started as a wrestling fan. Talk about that. I was watching TV as a kid, probably seven, eight years old and grew up in new England my whole life. And I put on the TV and captain Lou Albano, and Bulldog Brower were just mauling somebody at ringside and my seven or eight year old brain couldn't process it thinking this can't be real. Is this like allowed? And uh, sure enough, it was. And from that moment, I was hooked. That was it. It's all it took. Couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, back then you only got it on Saturday morning. So um, you didn't get to watch it five nights a week, seven nights a week like you do now. That's right. Who were your favorites? I grew up on Backlund and Bruno, so I always credit them as being my favorites. And now I look back and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I used to live for that Saturday morning TV wrestling, championship wrestling and all-star wrestling. All we got was WWF. And now I watch it all back. I'm like, oh, my God, this was so boring, but so awesome at the same Man. time, if that makes sense. So I got you. When and where did you start going to live shows? When was your first live show, do you recall? March 8th, 1980. Boston Garden. Bruno San Martino against Ken Patera in a Texas death match. Oh my God. That's a, that's a heck of a start right there. You Uh, always remember your first, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I think my, I I don't remember the date of mine, but it was, it was 86 and it was at the Boston garden and it was one of the Tito Santana, Randy Savage rematches. Okay. So that was probably March, April. Cause I was there when Savage won the title on February. February 8th, I think uh, I, my wrestling brain works really good with dates. So that's incredible. That's, yeah. that's really great. Yeah. yeah, no. So I, yeah, I grew up with uh, the WWE, WWF. I grew up with a little bit of the AWA and world-class on ESPN as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was, which was great. Uh, now tell me how you go from a wrestling fan to being involved in wrestling as an announcer. That was, that was the plan all along. Um, I thought I wanted to be a wrestler. And then I realized you actually have to have, you know, physical abilities and coordination and skill. And I had none of those, but I knew I could talk. And I always used to imitate, you know, either Gary Michael Capetta or Joe McHugh, who were the two ring announcers for the shows I was referencing earlier. And um, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I, I, by luck, met the Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble, God rest his soul, um, back in 92. And he started running shows in 93 and I started with him. I'm coming up on 28 years of uh, doing this independent wrestling thing. Never had a contract except for a small one with chaotic wrestling. When they first started after about six months, they realized they didn't have to do that. So I've never had a national contract. So I call myself like the King of the Elks Lodge because, you know, at this stage of my career, I don't anticipate going anywhere else, but uh, yeah, that was it. It was all because of Tony. Tell me, I mean, tell me a little bit more about Tony and the, and the guys from that period. 
Oh man, Tony was the best. Um, he ran, um, so my first introduction to Tony was through TV because he used to wrestle for ICW for the yeah. Civoldis and his first two matches, first two TV matches were against Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher. So what an indoctrination. Um, <clears throat> so I always watched him on TV, ICW, which morphed into IWCCW. Yeah. Um, but Tony started running shows under the Century Wrestling Alliance banner around 92. And uh, he did his first big show in Massachusetts in 93. And we had swapped numbers and he just called me out of nowhere, said he was running shows and uh, wanted me to be the ring announcer. And I didn't care about pay. I didn't care about anything. Um, not to drag it on, but sure. I'd met Tony through um, another gentleman who has also since passed away. His name was Gordon Scazzari. And he was going to be like the next big promoter and never was. And Gordon actually bought me a tuxedo because the shows that he never ran, he said, I'd need to look good. Yeah. And I bought a tuxedo and he reimbursed me for it. I bought a $300 tuxedo. So Tony, knowing that I already had that, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Hey, I know he'll look good. That's and right. my first show was October 23rd, 1993 in Wakefield, Massachusetts at the high school. And there were probably about 1500 people there. Um, what, a, what a way to break in. That's and, those are incredible numbers for indie wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a sold show. It was a fundraiser for like a local sports something. And uh, man, it was packed. It was awesome. My mom was there. My brother was there. My nephew who just got married was there as a baby. Doesn't remember it. Yeah. I got a picture of him with the iron Sheik who was on the show. Iron <laughs> Sheik holding so my little, Oh yeah. Holding my little nephew. Let me hold the baby. And I, yeah, sure. Here well, you go. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty cool time. So. That is great. Yeah. Now, recently you've embarked on a fitness journey. Uh, <laughs> let's, I mean, I just want to, I just want to give, first of all, I just want to give you a compliment. You look incredible, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you've like, you've made, like you've made humongous strides, like really great. And it's inspiring to me because I'm trying to do the same thing. So tell me a little bit about how that got started. Yeah. I, I'll just tell you, I, I tell everybody that says they're inspired. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I have been overweight. I try not to use the word fat. I have been overweight my entire life. Um, the thing that inspired me was actually at the very beginning of this year. Um, one of the companies I'm affiliated with, Big Time Wrestling, we had done a virtual signing with New Jack. And I had a picture of myself, one of my best friends in the business, Jose Perez, and New Jack. And my face was just so big and just so unhealthy. Um, and I just, I had said during the pandemic that I wanted to kind of change myself, but it took me about nine months before I actually, nine or 10 months before I did anything about it. And uh, I, I just started, I said, the Monday after that Saturday signing, I was just like, all right, this is it. Told my family, I'm like, I'm starting. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to log everything into this Weight Watchers app that I'm paying for anyways. And uh, I just started doing very minimal exercise, but then all of a sudden walking became my thing. And I realized, you know, I don't need a, I'm not saying I don't need, but I didn't need to go to a gym or a personal trainer or pay for, you know, supplements and all this other stuff and you just do it on my own. And the difference is I had really bad eating habits my entire life. And I was also just very dormant, always just sitting here at my desk for my real job or sitting on the recliner in front of me watching TV with a bag of chips in my lap. And I just said, I'm going to change it all now. Um, and that, that was the motivator. 
So that, and now I look at old pictures from even last year and I'm just like, Oh, I don't ever want to go back to that. So that's, that's my motivation right now. So God love my wife sticking with yeah. me all these years, but um, yeah, but that was, that was it. That was the wake up call. I don't know what it was. It was just that one picture. And that night I thought I looked great. And then I saw the picture and I was just like, Ugh, awful. So that was it. It's incredible. Talk about the, talk about the walking. Do you have any particular places you really like to go or places that inspire you? Yeah, it all depends on time. My favorite spot is actually in Wakefield, Massachusetts. Um, I grew up in Reading, Mass, um, okay. my whole life. And actually, my first show was in Wakefield. And Lake Quantipowit is about a three and a quarter mile loop all the way around. And I used to ride my bike around it when I was a kid. And I used to buy my wrestling magazines and sit by the lake and read them when I was a kid. There was a great magazine shop back when magazines were a thing. Yeah. Um, that over the past couple of months has become my favorite spot, but I have a um, just under three mile loop that I pretty much do every day at lunch. Um, my boss who is like almost like a fan, he's been to a beyond wrestling show and has never been the same since. Um, he's very like mindful and respectful of the fact that I'm losing weight because I'm actually making time for myself, which I never did before. Um, I mean, I should say like 20 something years ago, I did Weight Watchers, went to all the meetings, weighed in and lost like 100 pounds, but I gained it right back because I just lost focus. Um, so yeah, so every day, usually at lunchtime, I will go walk. It's my neighborhood and the development behind mine. And I have a certain loop that I go and it's like 2.9 miles and that's it. But depending on time, I try and bang out a little more. I did almost four miles this morning. Cause you know, we're getting this awful rain for the next two days. Right. So I figured I'd hit it this morning and you know, when I'm not on a lunch hour, right. um, you know, I just start roaming and see where I end up. Eventually I end up back in my driveway and uh, back in the house. So um, that's just been it. And that and eating right has just been the key. I've never eaten more cauliflower, whether vegetables or in a riced form Yeah. Um, than I am right now. And um, there are some protein bars called Built Bars. And okay. I just stumbled on them on an ad on Facebook. And now I have boxes being delivered to my house. I'm ordering them like like no tomorrow. That's usually my go-to when I have shows. That's like my meal replacement, I guess. And That's great. Yeah. So thank talk, you. Talk a little bit about how important it is to measure because it seems like measuring has been a big part of this too. Yeah, it's huge. It's because um, instead of eating the whole bag of chips, I'll, I'll get myself a serving because the one thing is I can eat whatever I want. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be like a spokesperson for Weight Watchers, but it, everything has a point value. Yeah. So fruits and vegetables are zero points. So, you know, I think I get, as you lose weight, you get less points. So I started this, I had like 42 points a day and anybody that's done the program knows what I'm talking about. But now where I am, I'm down to like 30 points a day. So I got to choose wisely. Yeah. Um, so fruits and vegetables, zero and um, proteins. And I eat a lot of chicken and fish. Those yeah. are also zero points. I just had shrimp and scallops and cauliflower rice for dinner tonight i'm full i'm content i drink a lot of water always yeah. have it nearby and um and that's it it's just um knowing what you're putting in your body um and working with a lot of wrestlers and stuff like that they always give me pointers and tips um what to do and what not to do i thought i wanted to get down to 215 pounds and then um Robo, the Punjabi lion, now uh, Jora Joel from AEW fame. He told me, you you get down to 200. That's that's a good weight for you. So um, 
that's what I'm shooting for. And if I get down to 200, that'll get me 100 pounds. Uh, 199 and a half will get me 100 pounds even. And we're at that plateau right now. So it's just like, I can walk all I want. I can eat all the salads and fruits and proteins I want. But now the, you know, it's half a pound here or whatever. So I figure by early 2022, I should be there. I hope. That's incredible. Talk a little bit about where indie wrestling is now. Uh, What you see out there, what you, what you enjoy, uh, what some of the trends are, uh, things that, things, things that stand out to you. Uh, It's back. I mean, that's, that's where, where it is right now. I, 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 I've told people numerous times as my daughter is FaceTiming me right now. Um, But um, sorry. Um, It's, I was, I love my wife and I love my kids, but my God, I don't ever want to be stuck in the same house with them for 16 months. Again, I have 15 year old twins. So any parents out there can sympathize. So yeah, they just started their sophomore year of high school. And um, you know, I, I, I've been doing wrestling for almost 28 years every weekend. And when you take that away from me, I become like a completely different person. And I think I was like eating myself to a slow death too. because I was so depressed. I honestly thought I was going to just, hang it up, never had that contract. But then it took this pandemic to make me realize just how much I friggin' missed it. And once I was back, that was it. I was back. And um, there was no way I was stopping um, what what I've been doing. So um, uh, I, I think independent wrestling is probably the most important level of wrestling right now because WWE, AEW, um, you know, where are those future stars going to come from? Now, if you listen to anybody right now, apparently independent wrestlers are not going to be the future of WWE. Apparently um, college football players and volleyball players and whatnot um, are going to be the future of this business um, because that's apparently the stance of the new NXT, but that's a whole separate topic on the podcast. But where are all these breakout stars going to come from? They're going to come from the independents. And hopefully the right set of eyes and whatever major company are going to see these athletes and what they can bring to the table. Um, I just think that it's great to be back. I think even during the pandemic, there was one thing that was still going on and that was wrestling. Yeah. If there was a will, if there was a way promoters would find a way, whether it be closed set tapings, YouTube exposure, IWTV, which I'm representing over here, uh, Shameless plug, um, but they're very good to me. Um, you know, but then now that the world's opening back up, you know, barring any more drama with Delta variants and whatnot, now everybody's just coming out of the woodworks and everybody's running shows. And um, I, I think it's great. Um, my one pet peeve that I'm probably going to get on my soapbox about sooner than later on social media is just so many promotions in the same area all running against each other on the same day, which uh, I've had some double and triple bookings myself for various promotions that I work for. And I have a core three that I lean towards um, beyond wrestling, limitless wrestling, chaotic wrestling. I've been with chaotic for going on 21 years. I, you know, the Chase Del Monte told me this, this role is yours until you don't want it anymore. And I truly appreciate and respect and love him for that. Um, and beyond wrestling and limitless are like my, my new go-tos and 
um, you know, it's just sometimes I got to tell friends that run other promoters. I'm like, I'm sorry, but these are the guys I've been working for for the past six, eight, 10 years, 21 years. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I, I do wish that independent promoters would kind of work together more because if I'm complaining about being double and triple booked, think about the wrestlers themselves, Mm you know? Um, but no, I'm a huge advocate for independent wrestling because I've been in it for 28 years, you know? It's yeah. just, uh, it's the future and it's it's where you're going to see the stars of tomorrow, God willing, you know, hopefully. And uh, I just love everything about it. Still yeah. at this point in my career, I still love everything about this yeah. stuff. And my, and my take has been when the guys don't engage in the proverbial shootout in the life raft, they succeed wildly. Mm-hmm. It, because people want to see it. People love it. Yeah. And as long as people are, people have their head in the game and not the drama, everybody wins. And not up there, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we can swear on this or not. Ah, you go, go, you I kept, that's all right. I kept it clean. I, cheap I, if I just went back and said it now. So. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate, I appreciate it. What are some of the, what are some of the things that you see when promoters are doing it right? What are the, what are the things that really stand out? Uh, well-booked cards that make sense from show to show, not just 30 guys are in my locker room and I'm just going to pair these two up, even though they have no idea who each other is and they're going to meet for the first time at my show. There's so much of that out there. It drives me insane. Um, but there's been so many, there's so many companies around here, like a chaotic, like a beyond, like a limitless, um, top rope promotions, um, you know, knowing an all-star wrestling, all these different companies, which is where we met for the first time. Was it that show in that show in Hingham at the baseball? Oh, that's right. Yes. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're, they're starting to do things and, um, you know, and, you know, Caleb Seltzer is dear friend of mine. You know, I've had some double bookings with him and I've just been like, I'm sorry, you know, I got to go do, you know, I'm going to go drive three hours to Maine because, you know, that's what you do. That's what I do. No disrespect, but I only do commentary there. So that can always be done post-show anyways. But, um, but yeah, I mean that, that there is just, there's a lot of Indies out there. I'm not speaking just new England. It's just mm-hmm. having a show for the sake of having a show yeah. and putting a couple of bucks in my pocket. And if you run the show like that, chances are you only are going to be putting a couple bucks in your pocket as opposed to selling buildings out and, you know, giving the fans something that they can completely invest in and spend their hard earned money, money to see, you know, the future of the business and compelling storylines. I mean, it's, it, if there's no psychology, it's might as well just be in the backyard. Um, you know, I mean, with that said, I mean, uh, it's already been announced, but beyond wrestling, I I'm, proud as punch that we're going to start running weekly shows again, starting October 7th. And I've never seen, you know, as much go into a promotion as, you know, Drew Cordero, AKA Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place is what he puts into weekly television streaming live on IWTV and how we're going to build a 13 week season. You know, it's just, it's amazing, but um, just announced last night, we're going to have a tag team discovery gauntlet where people are going to see tag teams, not just the guys you see at every promotion ah. around here, guys from all around the country and, um, maybe even the world who knows, but, um, you know, that's, that's what kind of thrills me. That's what I love about beyond what I love about limitless, the consistency, the psychology of, all right, here's what happened last month. Here's how we're going to follow it up next month. Same thing with chaotic, 
you know, been there since the year 2000 and everything makes sense. It's not the sake of having matches for having matches. So, um, you know, that's what I think makes a good independent promotion. And after 28 years, you've seen some patterns, obviously, in people who've entered wrestling and done well, people who have entered wrestling and had some challenges. Mm-hmm. If, if a young man or woman comes up to you and says, hey, I'm going to a good wrestling school, uh, I want to get started. What are some what are the key recommendations? If you had to give them three key recommendations, what would you give them? If they're already going to a school, I'd, I'd ask to validate what what that school is. And there's a lot of good ones around here, whether it's chaotic or top rope or, um, you know, whatever else. Slick Wagner Brown has a great one in Connecticut. That's the first thing is like, who's training you? Um, second thing is like, everybody is like, how can I get in here? How can I, how can I get into chaotic? How can I get into beyond show up, help put the ring up, you know, to break the ring down, work security. Um, you know, cause everybody thinks it's like an email or, or a DM is going to get your foot in the door, but you got to, you know, and, and I'm no one to say I've never taken a bump. Well, a bump that I signed up for, you know, in 28 <laughs> years, but you know, I, I try not to give advice to wrestlers on how to be wrestlers, but I do right. a little bit about professionalism and what it takes to do it. Um, you know, so. And I'm the I, same way. That's what, that that's, that's the main thing I was asking you is the patterns rather than the, than the wrestling. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Out, outside that squared circle. Yeah. How, how do you live? How do you yeah. do it? That's it. A good school introduce yourself, um, be willing to eat shit sandwiches if need be, depending on the promoter, you know, just to get your foot in the door. And then the third thing is um, ears open, mouth shut. And I think that goes for all levels of this business, whether you're an announcer, a referee, a wrestler, whatever, Um, you know, never think you're bigger than what you actually are because at the end of the day, we're all just the same squirrels looking for that same nut. And, uh, you know, for the people that have made it up there and then, you know, don't, you know, you see the same people on the way up, you're going to see on the way back down. And um, that's why you just got to keep your nose clean and, you know, not have anything against you and not do anything to offend somebody, especially in 2021. Can't really do much without uh, pissing somebody off. So that's one thing I will say, like during the pandemic and speaking out and all that stuff is like, one of the few times in my life where there was like trouble brewing in wrestling. And I was just like, I, I, I have no skeletons. I have no nothing. So it's just like, again, my level is so much different than everybody else's, but um, you know, ears open, mouth shut, your reputation precedes you. So do with it what you will. Um, that I guess, a, would be my best advice. That's a great note to close on. Virtue is its own reward. <laughs> for sure. Rich, for sure. Th- thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad we made this work. Yeah. Awesome.